Welcome to Unraveling Pink, a podcast tackling gender bias at work through conversation. I'm Annie Rogaski, and this week's topic is women on boards. For those of you who are new to listening to Unraveling Pink, this is a podcast that's been around for about a year and a half, but I'm trying something a little bit different, which is to take a topic each week that uh, is an area where women are underrepresented or, or there's some other gender inequality and presenting some information about that topic that will hopefully spur some conversations with you among your friends, family members, coworkers, anyone you want to have a conversation with about gender. The episodes come in three parts. First, a segment on why I think there's hope, why we're seeing some progress. Second, a deeper dive into some of the issues around the topic. And then third, a challenge and or conversation starter for you to take into your work week and have a conversation about the topic of the week. For those of you who are longtime listeners, thank you for coming back. I welcome your feedback. For you, this will be a slightly different format than what you've heard in the past year and a half. So if you have thoughts on it, I always welcome your feedback. So this week, I am hopeful because SurveyMonkey's board is now 50% women. This happened with the addition of Erica Hayes James, who is the dean of Emory University's business school. And now, in addition to 50% women, SurveyMonkey's board has two black women, with Erica Hayes James being one and the other being someone you might know named Serena Williams. So congratulations, SurveyMonkey. Thank you for leading the way for us. Another reason I'm hopeful this week is there was a report from CNBC that from January to May of 2018, women made up 31% of new board directors at 3,000 of the largest publicly traded U.S. companies. This is according to a data analysis done by corporate governance firm Institutional Shareholder Services. That is the highest percentage of female board seats in at least a decade. So definitely reason for hope. Also, I wanted to point out some notable 2018 board selections, such as uh, the collaboration platform Slack, which appointed Edith Cooper to its board in February, and Estee Lauder, which added two female board members in April for a total of eight women on its 17-person board. Kudos to those companies. Thank you for showing us the path forward. Thank you for giving us hope. Now for the topic of the week, let's dive into this week's topic, which is women on boards. I wanted to start with some reasons that are given for why women are not appointed to boards. And this is from an article I read dated June 27th. It's from the UK government-backed Hampton Alexander Review. I thought about putting this in male voices because it seems like all these quotes are probably from the male perspective, but... I didn't want to ask any of my male friends to say these things (laughs) because I think it's pretty embarrassing. And so I am just going to read these quotes and provide a little commentary on them as I go through. The first quote, this is, again, why, why women are not appointed to boards. Quote, I don't think women fit comfortably into the board environment, unquote. I had to laugh because I, I have no idea what this person is thinking. 
But the thing that came to mind for me of why a woman might not fit comfortably into the board environment is if she's the only woman in the room. And this happens a lot. And it's hard to have a voice and it's hard to have strong opinions when you are the only person in the room, especially if you're perceived as a token person to be in that room. A second quote. There aren't that many women with the right credentials and depth of experience to sit on the board. The issues covered are extremely complex. Wow. Okay, that sounded um, a little bit like mansplaining, a little condescending, a little frustrating to hear. Sure, if your criteria for board members are people who have been serial CEOs and that pool of people is largely male, then yes, you're not going to find the right people. And I've heard this comment made before of, you know, we need people who have been there, who have sat in that CEO seat. Well, if that's what you're looking for, yes, your pool will be somewhat smaller than if you think a little more creatively about the criteria of the people that you need in that room. And it might be that you don't actually need a bunch of CEOs sitting around the table in your boardroom. Maybe what you need is someone who has domain expertise in finance or corporate governance or legal or, or the like. And I do think there are plenty of women who have that kind of domain expertise who are also interested in being on a board. It's just a matter of expanding the criteria to something that is not, not lowering the expectations or requirements or criteria, but being more creative about what it is you're actually looking for so you can get some diversity of thought into the boardroom. Quote number three, most women don't want the hassle or pressure of sitting on a board. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice quote. That reminds me of when uh, women have kids and their bosses assume that they aren't going to ever want to travel or that they won't want to travel in the short term because they need to be with their child. And certainly those are personal decisions to make. And whether a woman wants the hassle or pressure of sitting on a board is a decision she should make. But um, let's not make that decision for them. There are plenty of women who don't want the hassle or pressure of sitting on the board. And guess what? There are also plenty of men who don't want the hassle or pressure of sitting on a board. If someone is interested in sitting on a board, male or female, then he or she is probably perfectly fine with that hassle or pressure. So just don't assume. Why don't you ask? Next quote. Shareholders just aren't interested in the makeup of the board, so why should we be? <laughs> this one... I couldn't believe someone would say this out loud, someone who's on a board or someone who's a, a C-level executive. You are responsible for your company and you are responsible for maximizing the value of the company for your shareholders. Your shareholders are not making all those decisions for you. You are in the room, you are making those decisions. If you come to the conclusion that companies do better with board diversity, then it's your job. You owe it to your shareholders to maximize the value of your company by diversifying your board. Next quote. My other board colleagues wouldn't want to appoint a woman on our board. Okay, well, have you talked with your other board colleagues about that? Are you assuming that? Why wouldn't they want to appoint a woman to the board? Is it because you have an environment in your boardroom that isn't appropriate? Or is it that your board members aren't interested in maximizing the success of your company? Or maybe they don't want to have their opinions challenged because you have a bunch of groupthink in that room. 
If you are a leader on your board, you should be teeing up this issue and making sure that it's considered. Having a diversity of viewpoints in that boardroom is critical to making sure you're making good decisions. And this is my favorite. All the, quote, good women have already been snapped up. (laughs) It's just a cop-out. It's just such a lazy answer. I can't even respond more than that. Last quote. We need to build the pipeline from the bottom. There just aren't enough senior women in the sector. Okay, so on this one, I agree we need to expand the pipeline, but I think we need to expand the pipeline at all levels. It's, it's not just at the bottom. There are plenty of senior women who have plenty of qualifications for the board, but maybe they don't have board experience. Maybe they don't have CEO experience. There are ways of expanding that pipeline at the senior level at the mid-level, at the junior level, in different ways. But there's no reason why we need to wait for a pipeline that we now build from the bottom. This, to me, signals that the person who said this is giving themselves permission to wait another 20 years while we build this pipeline from the bottom, because it's going to be 20 years before women who come in at that entry point are senior enough to be board members. So I see this as a huge cop-out, and it's something that we all can do better at. There are plenty of ways that we can build board readiness, board expertise at all levels. We don't need to wait another 20 years for women to be senior enough and ready enough to sit on the boards. On that point, on the question of the pipeline, I think anyone who really truly holds that concern could disabuse themselves of that concern quite quickly. You can do this with a Google search because there are plenty of organizations out there that will either prepare women for board service. If they are at a certain level or they're interested in board service, they can get themselves ready by going to organizations that help women do that. For companies who decide that they do want a female on their board, there are organizations that will act as referral services that will connect you up with women who are interested in being on a board. One of the most concerning pipeline issues to me is that I think a lot of times the search for board members comes through the existing board network. And if that board is largely older white men and they source potential board candidates from their networks, there are exceptions here and there, but largely people's networks reflect their own demographics. And so if older white men are sourcing their networks for their board seats, they're likely to find similar demographics of people. And it's not as likely to include those senior women who are ready for boards. So Rather than do an informal, let's reach out to our friends and bring them into our board process, let's think about who can we go to? Who are those referral services who can help us source board members? A couple, just from a very quick search that came up for me, the board list, boardlist.com. This is a curated talent marketplace that connects highly qualified women leaders with opportunities to serve on private boards and public company boards. There is Women Two Boards, which is women, the number two, boards.com. This prepares women for board service and acts as a referral service for corporate boards looking to add women to their boards. There is also 2020 Women on Boards, which is 2020WOB.com. 
And this is an organization that is looking to get 20% representation of women on boards by 2020. Mission accomplished, at least in some ways of defining the market. Um, but they, that is another great resource for um, finding out information about getting women on boards. In terms of pipeline, go look at where you can access women who are ready for being on a board. There are plenty of them out there. It's just a matter of finding them and not confining your search to your particular personal network. So that's a pipeline. I'd like to talk a little bit about the question of whether you should even, as a board, try to diversify and bring more women onto the board. Now, I will say that I am strongly in favor of more women on boards. From an equality standpoint, I think it's the best way to reflect the customers that you are going after. It's the best way to attract the talent that you need to your company. It's the right thing to do, etc., etc. Now, I did some research on this because I come at this from a biased standpoint. Yes, I have bias. I think unquestionably we need more women on boards because we need to change up the dynamic in the boardroom, how decisions are made, have more conflict, have more discussion, have a different perspective. And I could find plenty of research studies to support my opinion, and I will share some of those with you. But I also want to point out that I also saw a study um, out of Wharton that said, you know, there are all these studies that say it's good to have women on boards, it raises profitability, it does all these great things, but the sample sizes of those studies are too small to draw really meaningful conclusions, and there is um, plenty of information that would suggest that it's not really any better, but also not really any worse to have women on boards. So I appreciate that this is not scientifically solid. And I've had that concern from the first time I started looking at some of these studies. I don't think you can ever have a controlled experiment of women on one board, no women on the other board, and all other factors are exactly the same. That just doesn't exist. I think if someone is interested in having women on their boards, or if they're interested in advancing their company to a place that the future is headed towards, having women on your boards is a good thing. Um, if you need a business case argument for the people around you who maybe aren't as progressive as you are on gender equality, I wanted to share a few things that I came across that you might be able to use. So the first is a study from Craig Crossland, who is a business professor at the University of Notre Dame, who led a study examining the effect that women have on co corporate boards. He said, having more women on the board changes the dynamic of the board's interactions. You probably have more comprehensive, thorough, and probably contentious discussions. You're more likely to have a discussion about the challenges, the things that could go wrong. So that's a I would say a very soft conclusion. It doesn't, I don't see any real data in that. And board interactions is by its nature a very subjective soft skill type of thing. But I think this is exactly what boards should be thinking and talking about. They are the stewards of their company and ensuring that 
the most robust discussion is happening in the boardroom, I think is really critical. A board where everyone sits around and agrees with each other is missing something. They are missing issues that they should be thinking about. And if you have an environment that invites dissent and discussion and conflict, that kind of environment is good to have a group of people that come at issues from different perspectives. So I think this supports having women in the boardroom. I don't think it is a scientific study with robust data, but it's an indication that this is a good thing to do. I also saw a study reported by Bloomberg, an MSCI study that showed seven companies in its key global index comprised of more than 2,500 members have boards that are dominated by women. Seven companies out of 2,500. <laughs> Tiny. But of these seven, more than half have outperformed their industry peers. Right Now, that is a very small sample size, um, but it's a pretty powerful statement. More than half have outperformed their industry peers. I, I can't say that it's because they have women on boards. Again, this comes back to the fact that you can't have a perfectly controlled experiment. But it's a pretty compelling conclusion. If you are looking for a conclusion to support your general desire to have more women on your board, this is something that you could point to. Catalyst reports on a study that found higher financial performance for companies with higher representation of women board directors in three areas. First, return on equity. In the study, they found on average companies with the highest percentages of women board directors outperformed those with the least amount by 53%. Return on sales on average, companies with the highest percentages of women board directors outperformed those with, with the least by 42%. Return on invested capital. On average, companies with the highest percentages of women board directors outperformed those with the least by 66%. This study reported the correlation between gender diversity on boards and corporate performance can also be found across most industries, from consumer discretionary to information technology. So this is getting a little more into some data, but again, is this a robust controlled experiment? Probably not. And finally, a study out of Harvard found that companies with women directors on their board also perform better than those without women by specific metrics. For example, when Fortune 500 companies were ranked by the number of women directors on their boards, those in the highest quartile in 2009 reported a 42% greater return on sales and a 53% higher return on equity than the rest. So I give you all of these studies just as data points. Again, they're small sample sizes. I'm a little wary of any research that doesn't have true controls. But I do think the indications are meaningful. When we have more diverse perspectives in the boardroom, I think that leads to better consideration of factors that should be in the mix and hence better decisions. Other factors that I think result from having more gender diversity on the board includes building a more diverse talent pool. Candidates that are underrepresented in whatever group they might be look for representation at the executive and board level. So if, when they're looking for a job and they're thinking about your company, they'll pull up your website, they'll look at the team, they'll look at the board, and they will look for faces that bear some resemblance to their own. This is an indicator to them 
of how friendly the company is to women or people of color or other underrepresented groups. So even if the hard business numbers are not a strong correlation, there are many benefits to having more women on boards. And certainly some businesses have figured this out. Forbes reported that in 2015, 18% of board members in Fortune 1000 companies were women. In 2016, women held 20.2% of board positions in Fortune 500 companies. And the founder and CEO of Salesforce, Mark Benioff, announced that the company was doing its part to change the board composition. He stated that we saw in our company a lot of meetings where there were just men. I would look around the room and I'm like, this meeting is just men. Something is not right. I think that is an amazing observation for a man to make because women make this observation all the time. Not that the meeting is just men because if we're there, it's not just men. But noticing the small composition of women in a meeting is something that we take in pretty often. And I think it's really important for men to do what Mark Benioff did, which is notice, recognize that this is not a representative group that can make the best decisions because it's not diverse. And to note not just that it's occurring, but that it's not right, because that's what leads to change. We definitely need more allies like Mark Benioff to recognize what those in underrepresented groups see on a daily basis. So there's a lot of progress, still not enough. At the rate that we're going, it could take 40 more years before we get to gender equality on boards. This is according to QZ.com. In California in particular, our political body is not interested in waiting 40 more years. So there is a bill that's been introduced that would require publicly traded companies in California to have at least one woman on their board starting in 2020. Then in 2022, companies with at least five directors would be required to have two female board members, and those with at least six directors would need at least three. Companies failing to meet those obligations could be fined an amount equal to the average annual cash compensation for the directors of the corporation for a first offense with escalating penalties after that. So I think it's interesting to see that California has taken a tack that has been used in Europe. There have been a lot of requirements in Europe to add women to boards, Norway, France, Germany, and it's had an impact. So we'll see if this actually passes the legislature in California. Um, There's a long way to go, but it'll be interesting to see if that moves things forward. So this week's challenges. I broke it up into a couple different categories. For women, Check out all the board resources that I mentioned if you're interested in being on a board or getting board ready or being in a referral service for women on boards. Also check out Olga Mack's Women on Boards site, which is womenserveonboards.com. Olga also wrote a book called All Aboard, Your Journey to Becoming a Corporate Director, which has great information for women interested in being on boards. Also check out BoardList and some of the other resources I mentioned, as well as a video uh, Stanford presentation that's available online, which is called Women's Path to the Corporate Boardroom. If you are on a board, consider the board composition that you have when openings arise. I know this doesn't come up all the time, but as there's an opportunity to place someone on a board, consider whether you have any women on your board, whether you have representative numbers of women on your board, or whether it's time to add someone. 
If you are a C-level executive, consider your board composition, bring in female presenters to board meetings, have female board observers. All of these things will bring the female perspective into the room. And women, get board ready if you're interested and let your network know that you are ready. This week's tips to start a conversation. You might say to a friend or colleague, I heard a podcast that pointed out that businesses with women on their boards may have some more successes in the industry, may be more profitable, may have some other benefits to them. Do you know if we have any women on our board? And you can start a conversation about whether you believe that to be true, whether they believe that to be true. As I mentioned, there's not hard evidence. It's a great conversation point to hear someone's perspective. Another conversation starter to someone in your company, do we have any women on our board? If you don't know, is there any plan to add women to our board? If you're talking with women who are at a level where they could be on a board, maybe ask them, have you ever considered serving on the board of a company? Any one of these ways can get a conversation started. Thanks for listening. Go have a conversation with someone about women on boards this week and let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the new format and the content. If you have ideas for other topics you'd like me to cover, let me know. You can email me at unravelingpink at gmail.com or message me on Twitter at unravelingpink. If you enjoy Unraveling Pink, please take a few moments to rate or review it on your listening platform. Together, we can start a conversation.